Welcome to the Scottish Business Network podcast. Hello, I'm Fraser Allen, and this is episode 65, and a slightly unusual one. As part of the Tartan Day celebrations organised by the Scottish Business Network, I was recently interviewed by Russell Dalgleish about my experiences hosting the podcast and some of the insights I'd gained from the 60-plus Scottish business leaders who have appeared on the show to date. Indeed, Russell is one of the previous guests on the show, and as co-founder of the Scottish Business Network, together with Christine Essen, and a serial entrepreneur, he brought a great deal to our Tartan Day conversation too. The interview was recorded in front of a live online audience on the 12th of April, 2021. If you enjoy this episode, why not subscribe to the series? Simply search for Scottish Business Network on Apple Music, Spotify, or the podcast platform of your choice. Welcome to this uh, Tartan Day event. I'm here with a very good friend of mine, Fraser Allen. Um, I met Fraser, of course, through Scottish Business Network. And maybe 18 months ago, he came up with the idea of us having a podcast series. So uh, uh, we were very supportive of this and thought it would be an interesting thing to do. But now, as time has passed, it's now been an incredible success. And we have key interviews with really interesting people from around Scotland and around the world that are now getting listened to on a daily business across the globe. I spoke to someone this morning who said that they always listen to um, an SBN podcast when they're going into the gym at the moment. And they've just discovered them and they've gone back to start and listen to them all. So it's wonderful to see that happening. So if I could turn to you, Fraser, could you could you tell us a little bit about your um, your long career in podcasting and why this has become such a passion for you? Certainly. Thanks, Russell. And actually, you know, time flies because when we first spoke about the podcast series, that was three years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and that was after you, yourself and Christine had invited me to interview a guy called Kenny Wilson at a SBN event in London. Yeah. And Kenny at the time was um, CEO of Kath Kidston, and he's at Dr. Martin's now. And um, he, it was quite a coup because he didn't do a lot of media stuff or, or talks. And he was too bu- I believe he was too busy to actually prepare anything. So the idea was to do a Q&A. And because you knew of my background as a business journalist, I was asked to do that. And um, I'm sure you remember. I mean, Kenny was absolutely fascinating. For those, most of you probably not aware, but Kenny was on the books at Aberdeen Football Club. And uh, he his one dream was to play full-time for Aberdeen. And Alex Ferguson uh, thought he was a good player, but he didn't quite make the grade. And so he left. And he, he was offered uh, a full-time position with Dundee, I think it was. But that was he couldn't accept that. It was Aberdeen or nothing. So he was so um, upset by this that not only did he turn his back on football, he never even kicked a football for something like 15 years, even with his, his pals in the park. And he threw all that energy into his business career, which has been really impressive. So we had a fantastic interview with him in which he opened up and uh, also explained a lot about the impact that his very driven approach to business had had on his personal life, which was really interesting. And so off the back of that, you then set up this wonderful masterclass series, which has been going for several years now. And it's, I think it's about nine a year in which I, in the lucky position of getting to interview somebody at an event uh, more or less every month. And after doing three or four of these, I thought it, there was the people that you were getting me to interview was so interesting that I thought, what a, wouldn't it be great to extend the, the audience get give more people the opportunity to hear what was going on. 
so that was then when the idea for the, the podcast came about and um I wanted to do it on a fortnightly basis. I think you have to be reasonably frequent with a, a podcast series. And so um, I interspersed those live interviews with just one-on-one uh, interviews with, with other people from great, great personalities from the world of Scottish business. And here we are. We've done 64 episodes now, which is astonishing. Fantastic. So what we're here to do today is to tease out from Fraser what are the what commonality is there amongst leaders that we can possibly learn from. So I know you've, you've done some analysis here, Fraser, and um, I was half joking at the start talking about a future book, but of course it's a, it's a perfect subject for a book. So could, could you share with us a little bit of some of, the, some of the, the lessons in leadership you've attained from talking to these incredibly successful people? Like perhaps as a start, could you tell us about a, a, a couple of the people you've actually interviewed that really impressed you? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll start actually by mentioning two people in particular because the, the first, I, I went through all the interviews that we've done and there were six things that stood out to me, the, the quite common traits in the people I was speaking to. Uh-huh. And some of, some of them sound a little bit cliched, but they're, they're interesting when you dig into them a little deeper. And the first word is one that's, I think, misused and overused a lot, but it's passion. And here I'm talking about leaders who are, are really driven by something that's perhaps happened early in their life and and they set out throughout their career to address that that issue and, and try and make the world a better place so the two examples i have of that um recently uh, i interviewed um one of the live interviews with, with uh, claire waring of cumulus oncology now she um when she was young very young one of her friends sadly lost her father to cancer when he was only in his 30s and then her own father was diagnosed with cancer. And this affected Claire so much, she, um, she promised her grandfather that she would devote her career to tackling cancer. And that is exactly what she's done. She's turned out to be a really astute entrepreneur and businesswoman. But all the things she's done throughout her career have been in, in terms of research into, into cancer treatments and therapies and so on. And you can see that even now that, that really inspires her and pushes her onwards. Um, another example would be somebody that Russell mentioned, actually, just before, while we were having a chat beforehand. Um, I guess a lot of you, any, any small businesses who might be listening today may be aware of Xero, the accountancy software package, which I've used a lot, which is great. Um, the guy that uh, heads up Xero in the UK, Scotsman, Gary Turner, um, and a, a brilliant, a really charismatic leader, a great storyteller. And his particular passion his passion is not for accountancy software. His passion is to really help small businesses because when he was growing up, his parents had a business and there were tense mealtimes around the table when things weren't going well, money was short, and he absorbed all that, that anxiety and tension. Um, and ultimately, the business went bust and it was it was awful. You know, and I think I think his, his parents went through great difficulties as a result of it. Uh, and that has spurred him on. So... For all his, his life, he's now wanted to help the small guy, help the small businesses um, improve their accounts management and, uh, and, and put themselves forward in the world more successfully. So I think those would be two, two really good examples of that. So that's like purpose. And, purpose would be a better word than, yeah. than and I think, I, I think I'd, I'd probably fall into that category as well, that my, my purpose when uh, Christine and I first set up Scottish Business Network was I, I wanted something that brought together 
um, Scots in London, but but there had to be a purpose, and the purpose was to help other other Scottish businesses and get a foothold in the city. And it's been such a joy doing that. Little would we have known we'd end up being in seventy four countries around the world. Well, that is an incredible, and and quite rightly, you're the only person I've interviewed twice on the on the <laughs> series uh, for that very reason. It's, it's been a, extraordinary what you've achieved. Um, sort of. Moving on to uh, the second point that I've I've noticed, and I think it's an increasingly topical one, and it came up last week. I had the opportunity to interview David Soul, so the former, the famous Scottish rugby captain, famed for walking onto Murrayfield at 1990, uh, but also a very um, seasoned coach to CEOs. He's been doing that for many many years now. So I asked him what the, he thought the secrets of leadership were, and he sort of thought, oh, you know, I could be here all day trying to answer this one. One of the things he, he mentioned, again, it's a bit like passion. It's, it's a, an overused word, but integrity. I, I think integrity in CEOs is something we're looking for more and more now as a society. You know, the world is in a, is in a state of, of, of flux. Um, and I think CEOs are increasingly under pressure to do the right thing. There, there used to be that old adage in business that if you if you really stiffed somebody, if you if you behaved quite badly and just uh, you know just rolled over them and, and and just grabbed the money, you could say to them, "Sorry about that. It's just business." But that's we can't accept that kind of approach anymore. Business is not about just making money and beating the other guy. It's it's actually about the impact that you have on on your community and the people around you, on your employees, obviously, and your customers. And that's something I've noticed in a lot of the leaders and CEOs that I've spoken to in the series are really conscious of this. And, for instance, we had a lovely um, interview with Mark Bamforth um, uh-huh. back in the springtime, I think it was, and he he's a, a Scot- Scottish exile out in the US. He's been out there for many years. He's a biotech entrepreneur, highly successful. And I spoke to him a couple of times um, uh, preparing partly for the interview and it was clear that the the, the black lives uh, protests that were going on at the time had deeply affected him and he, he's got a big workforce and he was thinking really carefully about actually how, what he could do to promote greater diversity and su- support in his factories and so on and it's that kind of thinking I think you see a lot more now than you would have done 10 years ago um, a couple of other people at who's really stood out for me in, in that kind of field. Mel Young, who's the founder of The Big Issue in Scotland. The interview was one of our lockdown lockdown one interviews. Um, and he also founded the Homeless World Cup. Now, he's a really shrewd, clever guy. He could have made millions, you know, as a hedge fund manager or something if he'd wanted to. But he's devoted his career to helping the, the, the homeless. And his views on where business needs to go post-pandemic were really interesting in the interview. And I'd very much recommend that to anybody who's, who's pondered uh, that, that issue as well. And finally, on, on this theme of integrity, uh, if somebody stands out for me and all the people I've interviewed, um, it's Ian Houston, who is uh, your ambassador in Washington, D.C. for the Scottish Business Network. Um, an American Scots with you know great strong lineage back in in, in Glasgow, um, and a really positive force in the kind of political networking world of, of Washington DC, and, and we had a great interview with him as well. And, and it's interesting because I think we've we've tended to find that we've attracted people like that. I'm not I'm not saying that they're, they're um, 
integrity is an exclusive trait of people who are members of Scottish Business Network. But that idea about passion, purpose, integrity, I think we meet, because I think about people like um, Jimmy McGowan in, in Harris and, and other individuals like that who've really got at the core of what they're trying to do. They're trying to do the right thing for the right reasons. Mm. I think that's a Scottish trait. Well, it's certainly a trait that's coming through very strongly in, in interviews. But I, I can't remember interviewing anybody who came across as some sort of brutal capitalist who just wants to to, to crush the anything that stands in their way. Uh, and I mean, I suppose there are still people like that around, but fortunately, less of them. Um, and that actually, related to that, another thing that David Soul brought up was the importance in leaders is um, emotional intelligence. And again, I think in this sort of pandemic crisis post-pandemic crisis era we're, we're heading into i think it's it's so important for leaders to be to understand the moods of the people uh, in their organization because you know people have clearly been through a, through a lot in the past year and it's going to continue to be difficult in some respects although there's a lot of opportunities as well and i think just just having that ability to understand your your people and influence them is obviously key to to great leadership and so many people that i've interviewed you know, demonstrate tremendous emotional intelligence. I just thought a couple, and it's purely instinctive. I've got no particular reason for saying this, but when I interviewed recently Dame Laura Lee from Maggie's, the, the cancer uh, charity, cancer support charity, she just kind of oozed that kind of understanding of people, knowing what they're, that they're going through and being able to lead an organisation through huge growth um, and change. And this is from a woman who left Peterhead the age of 16 went to Edinburgh to become a nurse and who would have thought I'm sure she didn't think then she would become the CEO of a, a, a massively influential international charity and somebody else actually that we interviewed uh, a couple of years ago now Adele Harris uh, who was at Cornerstone you remember her um, uh, Russell I'm sure you're probably still in touch with her. and she's uh, she's now heads up Mencap um, and she talked about the issues at Cornerstone in terms of managing a big social enterprise that's got a lot of structural problems you know people who've been there for a long time and aren't motivated and having that ability to inspire people and take them through a big process of change and growth and also being tough sometimes you know having the 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 courage to to say to people you know sometimes maybe it's maybe it's, this is not the place for you anymore you know um so that there are two people that really stood out on that front I, I, the, the subject of emotional intelligence is one very close to my heart because I, th I think it plays very closely with integrity because integrity is about honesty and truth, whereas emotional intelligence is trying to use your honest and truthful reaction but to reflect it to the other person. So it, it's great to see that that's come out in those interviews. Interesting as well, I think it was both um, women you identified that have been particularly strong with. Yeah, I didn't. Well, didn't wasn't particularly conscious of that when I when I chose them. But you could apply it to a lot of people that yeah. I've interviewed. So I've got a few more things here. Shall I run? I've got no, no, that's just great. The other three things I thought about leadership, and it's a word I've mentioned already, is is courage. Uh, you know, and I think this is one thing that is truly common to all successful leaders. You've got to be able to make. Uh, I, incidentally, I count myself not as a leader. I, I'm very firmly, I like to sit on the outside and be a, an observer and watch what's going on and, and hopefully help people. And I see leaders as people who, who, who make those tough decisions, you know, the really unpopular ones that are for the, 
the, the ultimate good of the of the organization but also it's it's about um continuing sort of in the face of, of very difficult circumstances i'm going to um, pick uh, another a young woman actually that i interviewed quite early in the series called hannah taylor who's a, a single mum in her early 20s and she didn't have much money at all behind her she was work, had a full-time job but she was also studying at the same time and she decided to launch a, a magazine a publishing business which is you know launching a publishing business now is uh, is really difficult and yeah. would say crazy but she's persisted and this is quite a few years and I think she launched it probably about five or six years ago now and it has mutated. It was called Shuichi is Fierce. It's now called The Delicate Rebellion. Uh-huh. And she's created this really clever um, collective for creative young people, women in particular, to get together. It still has a magazine at the heart of it, but she does all kinds of workshops. She helps young businesses that are involved in the arts. And it's, you know, she's done this against all the odds. And with working on a complete shoestring, I, I think she's shown a huge amount of courage. And somebody else that just um, really interested me was Claire Alexander. We've had quite a few interviews now of Scots around the world. It's not just about people in in the UK. And Claire was um, a brilliant swimmer. She was um, looking forward to hopefully appearing for Britain in the London Olympics. She was that good. And uh, then through no fault of her own, she was in a terrible car accident, um, was very badly injured, uh, and her swimming career was completely destroyed. She bounced back. She got back to fitness, though, and became a really good footballer. And then she got injured. And then one thing led to another. Uh, she, She had to give up football. She went to South Africa. She ended up as a dishwasher. And then a couple of opportunities, people spotted that she had, you know, ability. And instead of copying out or take yours on, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm, I'm not ready for it. She just went for it, and she's now runs a really successful events business in South Africa, and is is doing really well. So I think it's that it's courage in terms of taking tough decisions, um, believing in what you're doing. You know, if you've got an, an idea, just go for it, and the courage to just jump in and give it a go you know even though you could fail and you, you might you might feel humiliated at times but just give it a go and and courage is obviously a trait that we would identify with leaders but the leaders i've met is i've met would never describe themselves as being courageous they've just done no they will describe it in words of i just did what had to be done mm-hmm. there was nothing else to do this was it what else can you do you have to keep going and, and it's interesting that it's not as obvious as that. Like I think about um, Martin Perry, you know, a, yes. a successful table tennis player born with um, a, a no arms and only one leg. And, you know, going on through life, trying to um, even deal with things like difficulties in trying to qualify for the Olympics. And it's just, it, it's obviously courageous, but it's something they don't see in themselves. They just see it as being, that's what you do, isn't it? It is, that's, it's very true, yeah. And, yeah, so true with Martin, who just was born that way, so he didn't think, you know, that's just the way it is. That's, yeah. uh, and I think in his case, his brothers, he, he grew up with very competitive brothers who just treated him like everybody else and gave him a hard time if he couldn't catch a ball, which was actually exactly what he needed. You know, he benefited from that, that sort of uh, relationship. I, I, found, I found something with courage, which is about... Um, asking for help so 
you know, the, a lot of the success that I've had in my life has come about through other people helping me. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't have helped me unless I was able to explain to them what help I needed. And I was able to reach out to them and ask for help. And yeah. I see so many people struggling because they've, particularly um, men running businesses, where they're just not asking for help or they mm-hmm. ask too late. Whereas the, there's no problem with asking for help. That's how we build businesses and how we support each other and be successful. And you sometimes that, that to me is an element of being courageous is picking up the phone going, hey, Fraser, I've got a problem here. Can you help mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, as you will remember, probably uh, you know a couple of years ago, I did have a problem with my business, and I and I rang you up, and I'm very glad I did. Um, so I'm clearly courageous, but it didn't feel like that to me. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you it are. Felt like the sensible thing to do. A um, couple of other sort of common themes that uh, you know, one of them is is a hackneyed one, but I just think it's it's true. There's that charisma. A lot of leaders, you know, it varies, but there are some leaders who just, you just want to be with them. You just want to sort of follow them and stuff. The, the very first person I interviewed for the Scottish Business Network series was Tweedy Brown, <laughs> um, who is an extraordinary character. He grew up in a mining village in, in Midlothian, uh, ended up in London in the swinging 60s, got a job in... Uh, as a barman in the evening in in, in one of the theatres, hung out with all the, the stars of Hair, you know, the, the controversial musical at the time, and was out sort of nightclubbing with Patty Boulet and all kinds of stuff. But it, one thing led to another. He ended up in the army. And uh, extraordinarily, he was the commanding officer of the British army in Berlin on the night that the war came down. Um, and he's got extraordinary tales. And he's just one of those people that he makes you feel... He's interested in you, and he's a great storyteller. And you know, some leaders just have that ability, don't they, Russell? They, they you sort of when when the chips are down, those are the people that you turn to because you yeah. feel they will make the right decision, the right call. And and the charisma pieces, because we we talk a lot about you know, do leaders have to be charismatic? And of course, they don't have to be. But for some individuals, their personality leads them to that way. Yeah. And it's as well to, to, to use it. You know, as, as leaders, we have to use all the assets at our, our disposal to, to, to get through and make it a success. Yeah, absolutely. I think charisma gives you a massive <laughs> a massive head start. And the, the, the sixth one I'm going to mention, I mean, I think all the things I've said before are true of any leaders, really, you know, wherever you are in the world. But the, the sixth one is not it, it's not an absolute necessary thing at all, but it's a really good thing, I think, in anybody, and that's a sense of humour. And I think you see that perhaps a bit more in Scottish business leaders than you perhaps do in other cultures, perhaps. Um, you know, most of the episodes, there's just some belly-aching, the funny stories, you know, just really hilarious. And, um, well, so many I could mention, but actually for me, the funniest episode of all, um, was it was the least serious one as well, but it was a, a fantastic character. I don't even, he might even be with us this evening. John Newlands, uh-huh. um, a Scotsman who's a very well kent figure in the city of London, a sort of uh, a fixer, an investor, an advisor, and very um, proudly described himself as a man who likes to lunch. And so I thought, what better? A way to interview them than to take him to one of his well he took me actually to take him to go to one of his favorite restaurants at lunch have a, a fantastic three-course meal and a bottle of red wine and get him to just tell extraordinary stories of his travels around the world such as 
going to dinner with Fidel Castro and turning down Castro's toast because he thought the the rum or whatever it was he was being served was was inferior quality to whiskey, <laughs> uh, and the horror of his colleagues uh, this sort of behaviour. And he met Ronnie Biggs in Brazil, you know, the train robber. So just re- really good fun. But I mean, I I, I can't think of a, an episode off the top of my head where somebody didn't have a, a funny story to tell as well to kind of throw throw light on their uh, this story. It's quite interesting as well because you know I, I've spent five and a half years now speaking to Scottish people all over the world. So so like you, I see similar characteristics. And the humour one's quite interesting because it's not the the gregarious party humour that we tend to associate perhaps more with people from Ireland. It's quite a um, quite an an, an insightful humour. And, and I heard a great example of it, of what Scottish humour is, and it was on um, uh, football coverage. And, you know, I'd been watching uh, um, tweets going out saying football. And, and the, um, the ball had been crossed into the box, and the Scottish goalkeeper had sort of missed it a little bit, but it hadn't been a goal. And the commentator said it, um, it, it slipped through his fingers like a, a pickled onion falling out your fish supper. <laughs> and I thought that that, that is Scottish humour, you know. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. And actually, the, the very mention of pickled onions, uh-huh. uh, I've got a few other little observations. Yeah. Those are the main ones of leadership, but something that we were talking about um, earlier as well, Russell, is I, I, so many. Uh, this is a line to the humour as well. A lot of the, the people that you'll hear in these podcasts are just really good storytellers and they they can see pivotal moments in their career. Um, that where things have changed, and Sheila Flavel is a is a brilliant character. She she and her husband um, run the FDM Group, which is a FTSE two two five zero listed business. I think they're, they're only sort of it's, it's the only listed business at that level that is is family led, as far as I know. Um, but she started life as a, a police constable in in Glasgow. Um, didn't have any particular aspirations other than that. And there was one night, she tells much better than I will, and you can hear the story in the podcast. She's uh, at a chip shop, which has been, somebody smashed the window, and she's standing outside waiting for somebody else to turn up, I think, fix the window. It's pouring with rain. She's eating a pickled onion that she's got from the uh, the, the chip shop, and she, she just thinks, what the hell am I doing here? You know, am I going to be doing this for the rest of my life? This is not really uh, an exciting prospect. And, you know, somebody's going to stand outside the chip shop when the window's been smashed. It wasn't going to be Sheila Flavel. And um, she decided that she was going to go off and become a businesswoman. And, and she's an incredibly successful business person now. And it's, it's, it's interesting. These I, I feel so fortunate because if you think about a lot of the people you've mentioned, a lot of people you've interviewed, you know, without sitting, being introduced to Christine Essen in, in uh, 2015, I would never have met these people. I would never have met you. And it's come together. I've got a couple more things to throw yes. at you, if, you're, if you like. Um, I, I thought about, I mean, we've talked about leaders. Now, I, I don't think all the two people... How can I put this? Well, my first observation on this is that actually some of the people I've interviewed are first and foremost fantastic entrepreneurs. Yeah. Also happen to be pretty good as leaders as well. Whereas other people I've interviewed are just really good leaders. Uh, You know, there's there's a slight difference there. So, for instance, George McIntosh was uh, who's a a serial entrepreneur like yourself, um, incredibly successful guy. I mean, he's just 
his mindset is fascinating and he just happens to be really good at the leadership bit as well so I think there's a slight difference there I also think that there is a lot of pressure on everyone to be a leader these days you know there's there's, there's everyone there's a push towards that but as well as great leaders we need great followers we need people who realize that they don't want to be a leader but uh, can be really good not just a blindly following people but at supporting and encouraging the right leaders and influencing them um, and that's what what great businesses are made up of. You know, it's it's somebody who's willing to stand up and be a leader, supported by those that that have a kind of discerning view of, of where the business should be going as well. And then there's this this sort of other type of person, the kind of influencer or the the observer or so on. And we've interviewed quite a lot of those as well. So I'm thinking about well, some of the motivational speakers that we've had. You meant, mentioned Martin Perry. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's as you say. He's, born without hands and only one leg. And so he's, he, he thought, well, what should I do? I know, I'll become a professional table tennis player. Uh, and he tells that story with great humour, and he's done it, and he will hopefully beat the, the Paralympics in, in Tokyo. I have to tell you, I will never forget the moment of sticking Martin in front of our, our members in London, uh, um, quite near St Paul's. There must have been 60 people in the room, and Martin was telling his story, and and. You could tell in the room that people were a bit kind of, well, this is a young man. He appears to be disabled. We should be supportive. It's this charity. What is this? And um, the humour that he displayed in that talk had people crying, <laughs> absolutely crying, just with the fact that, um, and it was courageous, but it was it, it was the delivery style that he has. And as an inspirational speaker, he's unparalleled. I, I found him to be, and, and someone who is an athlete, but he's quite clearly a business person as well. Mm. You know, when I've introduced him to people, he's understood to try to understand what the business is trying to get out the out of the events that he speaks at as well, not right. just his story. And, and similar to what you were saying about courage earlier on, he he, he happily he loves doing the, the motivational stuff, but he doesn't understand why people find him so interesting, and he <laughs> genuinely doesn't, does he? I think he's it's not false modesty. It's just the way <laughs> he, he just does what what comes naturally to him. Yeah. Um, and in terms of we've also we've had a very sporting year this year in terms of I mean you yourself interviewed Craig Brown the great Scotland yep. man but we've yep. had uh, two polar explorers in the past uh, twelve months Sue Stockdale and Molly Hughes both really great listens uh, Mark Beaumont who of course cycled around the world twice and then some of the other people I mean if you're interested it's not all about leadership we've um, I the, the most popular episode to date is actually Professor Russell Napier, who's the guy that set up the Library of Mistakes in Edinburgh, which is a wonderfully quirky place, which I'd urge anybody to visit once it reopens after after the COVID uh, situation. Uh, and he's very, very good on why what business can learn from the mistakes of the past, which is something we don't do enough of. We've also done a few episodes with just people who are particular experts in a certain field and pick their brains for advice. So Ruby Sweeney, Events expert, you know, particularly how, how do you run events in, in the current sort of yeah. digital sort of environments? Um, Stephanie Robinson, that's a popular episode. She's an HR expert. And Mel Sherwood, who's um, who you introduced me to, Russell, who's um, a really uh, fascinating uh, kind of presentation expert. So if anybody wants tips on how to come across on uh, <laughs> Better Than Me Online or whatever, she's, she's really good. 
I, I just wanted to mention something to you because you, you, I, I think your your six are very important about leadership: mm-hmm. purpose, integrity, emotional intelligence, courage, charisma, and humor. And and you obviously display them all as well. But the the one I would add as well is resilience. Mm-hmm. So I, I spoke yeah. to um, uh, venture capitalist Eric McAfee in Silicon Valley last week. An amazing interview with him, and and he talks about that that sometimes you just have to keep going. Mm. So sometimes it's not your time. So he has a, a biofuels business right across California. Is one of his um, one of the companies he started, and right. the biofuels business was doing well, doing really well, but then. Once the um, the American administration changed happened with the new president, and suddenly there was a much greater focus on renewables, he was in the right place at the right time with that business. And right. sometimes it's a need. You just have to mm-hmm. keep going and keep going and keep going and finding ways to make it work. And then eventually that resilience will pay off at the right moment. Well, you know, actually, that, that reminds me of some, one of the things I wanted to, to mention. Resilience is a very good point. I, I should have included my list because... A recent episode, um, Louise Worrell, uh-huh. you, you were probably at that event, Russell. Now, she, she's, um, by the, at the age of 23, Louise was uh, was navigating uh, Royal Navy Minehunter. She was also, incidentally, navigating it among, amongst various other places around the world through the Suez Canal, uh-huh. and she didn't get it stuck, unlike uh, somebody else recently. And only so she achieved this incredibly important role at a very young age, and it was her dream job. She'd always wanted to be in the navy, and a year later she couldn't stand up, and she had to be airlifted off the ship. Nobody knew what was wrong with her. She was really worried. She couldn't understand what, what she'd lost her mobility, and it took a long time for the. She was diagnosed with Ella's. Uh, Danlos syndrome, I think, sorry, excuse my uh, forgetfulness of the, the name there. And um, it's a really debilitating condition, which, you know, she's now having to cope with for the rest of her life. So the crushing disappointment, A, the physical impact that this this had on her, and then, you know, talk about resilience, having to cope with that mentally at such a young age, knowing that her dream career was over after only, you know, a couple of years. Um, so listening to her, I must say, it was the only time I think in the interviews, I actually thought I was going to, I was struggling to hold it together a bit. So I mean, she was, she was great. She was fine, but it was, it was such an emotional story yeah. how she's got through all that and has reinvented her career and so on. Um, so I thought that was a great example of resilience. Oh, it's fantastic. An absolutely wonderful interview. You know, there's, um, you can find the, the interviews on all, all the kind of usual platforms for the podcast series and sign up to watch them. But something I was going to say that you've done exceptionally well is to not be interviewing the Kent Faces. So these are all, a lot of these are individuals who have been incredibly successful, have got great stories to share, but we possibly weren't that aware of them. So Mm -hmm. that's that's a great recommendation for the series as well as a way to get that different insight into successful Scottish leaders. Absolutely, yeah. It's been a mixture, isn't there? We've had some some pretty well known sort of people and, and others. One one guy who, by bizarre comes, it turns out he lives about five miles away from me, and I didn't know, but he's a very famous composer. That was a a favourite episode of mine. He's you will have heard his music. It's called Chris Tolley. You won't know who he is, but you'll have heard his music on the TV and in films and stuff. 
And there he is just up in his house up the road, just playing his piano and recording all this incredible stuff. A couple of other people that I remember fondly, Julie Ashworth, uh-huh. round the world yachts woman, and just listening to her, she's such a wise person. She just talks so much good sense. Anna McDonald, who is, together with Ainsley Hamill, who I've also interviewed, they're two fantastic Scottish musicians celebrating Scottish culture. But Anna has also been devoting herself to helping child refugees who've arrived in the UK to rebuild their lives through music. And that's an incredible story as well. Um, and all came my favourite, from- Anna gave me my, I think it was Anna that gave me my favourite ever call, which was, um, I'm going to do a burn supper, Russell. Is there anyone in the network in that town? And I said, what's the town? And it was, I think it was Basra in Iraq. It may not be, but it was, it was a similar yeah, feeling. Iraq. Yeah, I think it was in um, northern Iraq, wasn't it? Yeah. Extraordinary. Uh, uh, and within half an hour, we found two Scots. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it worked well. There you go, the power of the SBN. One of the things that, um, that I've loved about the series so far as well, it's been quite real diversity in terms of the backgrounds of people, you know? Yeah, sure, there's been lots of people with comfortable middle-class backgrounds who've, you know, gone to university and so on. But, I mean, some of the people, you know, P- Peter Proud, your your friend yep. at Moritz, you know, very successful entrepreneur, came from a pretty tough housing estate in in, in Fife. Um, Brian Duffy, CEO of Watches of Switzerland, he's got a, he's a great storyteller as well. And he grew up on some pretty rough parts of Glasgow, but, you know, he's, he's still very fond of aspects of that. Um, Puna Malik. You know, she was she was our fiftieth episode interview. She was fantastic. She arrived in Glasgow from India. She had uh, three hundred and fifty pounds and two suitcases, and that was it. And now she's one of the best connected people in the Scottish business scene. So, uh, real diversity there. People love listening to human voices telling stories. That's what it comes down to. The opportunity to listen to human voices telling stories. Book your place on. Fraser's next podcast, and it's on all the Spotify and Apple. Yeah, and we're Apple on and absolutely every uh, yeah. platform I'm, that I'm aware of. So just search for Scottish Business Network on the podcast platform of your choice, and you will find us. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Fraser, and I look forward to the next podcast. To find out more about the Scottish Business Network, simply visit sbn.scot.